Welcome into another edition of Great Things Are Happening in Columbia Township. With us today, Trustee President Dave Kubicki, Township Administrator Melissa Taylor, and Brian Lamar is on assignment today. Dave, we got some special guests. Uh, yes, we do. We have two very distinguished uh, entrepreneurs that uh, come from Madison Place, Columbia Township. Uh, in the second half of our podcast, we're going to talk a little about to Claire Mongenis, who uh, started her own business, Claire's Cakery. We'll talk to about her in the second half of the segment. But the first half of the segment, we're going to be talking to Brock Lush, who started the really unique situation of Cincinnati Dads Group uh, that went from, in 2017, they started with 10 members, and now they're up to 500 members, where dads meet up and talk about any issues they have with kids and things that they have in common from good things, I suppose, to bad things, to whatever you deal with uh, being a, uh, a father, parent. So, Brock, why don't you tell us a little about what Cincinnati Dads Group does? Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, by the way. I really appreciate getting invited in for this. Uh, the Cincinnati Dads Group, yeah, we've been around since 2017. So it all started, um, I transitioned to be a stay-at-home dad from uh, working in the workplace, and I really wanted to be able to connect with other dads in the city, and I felt like there needed to be a community for that, because I'd been just doing it on my own for the past four years prior to that. So I got with some other dads that I knew and was like, hey, would, would you guys join me in this journey? Try to get these dads together and, and we'll try to figure out what we want to do. And they were like, yeah, let's do something about that. And then at the same time, I had joined an online group on Facebook called the National At Home Dad Network. And through some guys in there, they were talking to me about these other dads groups around the United States. There's this larger national group called the City Dads and I should really talk to them. So I got in a conversation with them and after a couple of months of that, we launched the 30th chapter from the City Dads Group called the Cincinnati Dads Group and just started from there setting up things like Dad's Night Out. So we might hit one of the local breweries in town or we might just, you know. I, I like that. Yeah, I know. I, there's plenty to choose from, right? And um, or, you know, there's a great movie coming out that dads want to go see that maybe their, you know, their spouses don't want to. And so it's like, hey, like, let's go see the Star Wars movie. My, you know, my spouse is not a geek in the Star Wars world. So we've done that before. Or we'll even just go out for a meal and just hang out and talk. So it's not just about dealing with issues about kids and, and ideas and, and, and how to parrot. It's also just guys meeting up that are fathers and is that is that yeah yeah it's definitely uh dads just getting together with other dads i mean you you think about like just the history of families and you've got you know kids that grew up with dads kids that grew up with a dad that maybe was there and gone in different ways or just no dad at all and they you know a lot of guys are just trying to figure out how to do this whole thing of fatherhood and so if you've got dads coming from all different areas there's a lot of just this let's come together and talk about these things oh you have things in common with me i never really knew how to do this like so just different guys putting things together to make it work for their families is what we basically do a lot of conversation about well melissa you know he takes this seriously when you see his t-shirt it says dads don't babysit it's called parenting i got you gotta like that yep brock tell us about that because that is I have personal stories about that, but you go first, and then we'll, uh, I'll jump in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. How can I help? Uh, it's not help. You're a co-parent. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> the shirt uh, the shirt got really launched back in 2016 through the National At-Home Dad Network. Um, that organization is a 501c3, and they hold an annual convention called Home Dad Con. It goes to different cities around the country. 
And in 2019, there was a gentleman that came over from England who was like, hey, I want to check this out. And he bought one of the shirts and put it on Instagram and it went viral. And so everybody started, um, you know, checking it out and buying it. But the thing with it is, is that when dads go places, it is assumed that they are babysitting or that they're giving mom the day off or something. Yeah, they're helping or whatever it is. And more times than not, especially, you know, stay at home dads. I mean, we're out during the day. And so it's assumed that, you know, we've taken the day off of work or we, you know, like I said, we're giving mom the day off if it's like a weekend type of thing. And, you know, we just wanted to make it more prevalently known that, no, we're dads. We're we're here parenting our kids. Like, it's not a babysitting thing. Like, I'm not getting paid to do this. Like, that's what you do. You pay a babysitter. You're not paying you know, the dad to be hanging out with their kids. I see some uh, some uh, kids that say, I can't adult today. So is that kind of a derivative? <laughs> of, of, uh, what if your kid wears that? Is that a problem? I, yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> that would, a good one. That would definitely be, yeah, that's a different side, the other side of the coin for sure. But And well, don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brock, one of the things that really touched me when I first learned about you and, and was reading about you is when you said that, you know, my wife and I had this conversation when we first got married, and I think she's really better at the office and, and I'm really better at home. And I really appreciate when someone takes a stand for that. I've been in my career now well into my third decade, and I was better, always better at the office. I, I was a uh, raised by both of my parents own their own small businesses. So that was my dinnertime conversation, and I was always built for the office. And uh, my spouse at the time uh, was built for the office as well, and, and it was really a challenge. And as a woman, a professional woman at that time, early in the, early in the days, I felt isolated because so many women were still at home. There were more moving into the workforce, but when they started having children, they went home. So I was isolated in the workforce from the women in the neighborhood and I know that you have had experience with experiences with the men in your organization with being isolated and that's part of the beauty of having the support group I didn't have that and I love that you that you have that yeah I, so I tend to run into a lot of stay-at-home dads just in what I do on a, on a normal basis and it's interesting when talking with them if you have um, spouses that are on the same page uh, you tend to see that the level of just things that go right in that relationship are higher. So for instance, I I tend to see where, you know, for instance, my relationship with my wife and what we have going, like she has actually moved out of like two different positions at work and is now a manager at her company. And that all happened after I became a stay at home Mm -hmm. dad because she felt confident enough to go after those things. And what you tend to see is that a lot of families who, if you're not on the same page and someone is progressively getting better, of course, their workload's getting more heavier. And if you're not on the same page and that person who's working comes home and then like it sees the stay at home parent, maybe not doing the things that they want them to do, like there's a lot of rub that takes place. And so I tend to spend a lot of time and there's a lot of us that do this because we have like different like uh, resources within the National At Home Dad Network to talk to these dads about, hey, like, you need to sit down with your spouse and have a conversation about how to um, be able to function in this work-life balance of things. And it, and it goes beyond just the whole like two parents working, trying to do work-life balance because... There is no balance, I'll tell you, after having done it for 30 <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> so, but when you have it, when you have it where one's at home and one's away and, you know, you don't have proper expectations for things, it can be a little heated when, you know, you come together for different stuff. Because even too, like, even if the, the parent has been home all day, 
and the other one, the other spouse is working all day. They've had a chance to escape from the craziness of the monkeys in the house running around and, you know, all the circus that goes on and they need a break. And a lot of times, um, sometimes the working parent doesn't realize Mm -hmm. that that, that, that's necessary as well. That's a wise point because you can't go home to your wife when she's home with two two and three-year-olds and say, so what did you do all day? Right, exactly. And, 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 you know, that goes on both sides of the coin for sure. And And it happens quite frequently. Like, Hey, the house is a wreck. What have you been doing all day? Like, well, one, I've been keeping the kids alive and also like trying. They're like, alive. Yeah, they're Enough alive. Said. Exactly. Like the house might be a wreck, but the kids are alive and dinner is starting to be fixed up or whatever kind of deal. So what, what, how, how young or how old a kid can you have to join this group? If I have a 17 year old, is that still a child or is that not a kid or am I still fair game or how does that work? I love it when dads who have older kids come into the group because they come in with lots of experience. Mm-hmm. And so they might not, the kids that they have might not be able to come and connect with some of the other kids that are in there. But as far as connecting with the dads and being able to be that wisdom and that knowledge that me as a dad who has a six-year-old and a nine-year-old would love to know what was teenage year life because I'm coming up on it with my nine-year-old mm-hmm. type of deal. And being able to kind of peek behind the curtain and get a little cliff notes from another dad is just golden. Like that is an opportunity that I will, hands down, I will take time out of my day any anytime I can to be able to have that. And there are lots of dads that are in that same boat. David, yeah. I think he just approved your application. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, yeah. Well, I mean, I've like I've been on a WCPO. Um, uh, Clive Graves has interviewed me before and he's got kids that are older too. And I straight up like told him, I was like, you're more than welcome to come hang out. Like I'm sure mm-hmm. like I would love to hear what it's been like for you going through fatherhood and different things with your kids. So e- even yeah. if your kid has an, uh, I can't adult today. Uh, I, I'm not going to adult today t-shirt. I, I think I need that shirt because there are days where I can't adult. <laughs> so, <laughs> we all need that. So <laughs> how, how, how does anybody that wants to join this group, how, how do they get in touch with you? What do they need to do? What's, what's the, how's it work? Yeah. So We have a meetup.com site that you can go to, uh, which is pretty prevalent in the city here. I find a lot of different groups on meetup.com. And that's the one way where you can just sign up and you get emails whenever we do events. So not a lot of communication goes on there. If you're on Facebook, we've got um, a Cincinnati Dads group. We've got a public page. So like anybody can join the public page. The private group I have, it, there are questions in there. You have to be a dad. You, there's different questions to answer in that. And so we vet that process well, a little you, bit. You mentioned earlier that if even if you have a one on the way, that you'd still be eligible. Yeah. If you have, you know, if you're a brand new dad and you're trying to like get connected with other dads or, you know, whatever that is, yes, we want to be able to be a resource for, for other dads. So definitely that's one way you can join it. And there's, there's like, like I said, there's questions in there that help you to be able to say those things so that we know who you are. Um, and so we can check that out. And then, um, the other thing is, is that, um, you know, there's this thing called discord and anybody who's involved in video games or dungeons and dragons or like role-playing type stuff knows what this, um, this is, it's an app, but basically it's an app that just does texting. So for anybody who's trying to get away from Facebook and everything else, this is a way to join in and be able to have conversations and community. And that's what the, the closed group is too. Like we've got dads on there talking about different things. I was, um, one of my favorite examples to talk about is um, we had a dad who plays in a local band here for the Dirty Shirley's and he's the saxophone player. And one day, like he was like, man, we need a bass player. Like, does anybody on this pay- group, do they play bass? Like we need a jazz bass person. And this gentleman who had just moved here from Indianapolis, new dad, 
he was like, yeah, like I played in the Indianapolis like Symphony Orchestra. I, I would give it a go. And so he jumped in, uh, played one show with him. And I think he's done like three or four shows since. Actually, the first show that he did was at um, Braxton Labs. I went over, um, I was Ubering that day and I was like, hey, they're getting ready to play. And so like I took off and went over and watched a couple of their songs and stuff. But yeah, I mean, those kind of connections wouldn't have happened had it not been for that group. And then we also get dads who, you know, they're coming in because their families are moving into Cincinnati, which I'd love to see because it's just like, oh, the city's growing. And they're like, hey, can I come in and talk about the neighborhoods that are around, the school districts that are around? Like, can I just like pick your guys' brain about questions? We're like, yeah, man, come right in. Like, let's talk. And so we've had lots of great conversations and been able to just promote the city through the group itself by having a conglomerate of dads from Mm -hmm. all over the city. And I mean, it's northern Kentucky. It's Cincinnati. We got guys in there from as far up as Dayton that we'll do stuff from time to time because we'll go up to like the Air Force Museum for a day and we'll get the dads from the Dayton area that'll come mm-hmm. hang out with us. So yeah, we stay pretty active. You're truly building community. You're connect. You're welcoming people to the community. You're connecting people within the community, but you're actually building an entirely new community. Right. Which is an, um, an amazing thing. Yeah. And you're changing people's lives. Exactly. I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you know, you guys have the thing going on with the remodel of the fire station, Firehouse, right? Yeah. And that's sort of how I got connected with Brian because I was holding Father's Eve, which is the night before Father's Day in my backyard. And I've been doing that for about three years. It's a national event, actually, that started up in Wisconsin or Minnesota, actually. So I've had like anywhere from, you know, 10 to 20 dads in the backyard just cooking burgers like they bring their own meat throw some beer in the cooler it's just a communal grab as you go kind of deal and hanging out for a couple of hours just celebrating fatherhood just with dads instead of like the whole like what do you you know it, of course there's always a conversation like what are you getting for father's day probably oh probably another tie <laughs> kind of deal <laughs> sounds like smoke signals <laughs> yeah so aside from waving a white flag surrendering or whatever else tell us one more time how to get a hold of you and as we kind of wrap up here with your segment yeah, so you can find us, you can find me and our group on uh, pretty much all the channels, Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, at Cincinnati Dads Group, and um, like meetup.com has got it there as well. So those are the, that's the easiest way to get a hold of, of, of us. I, I run all those, so typically when you are messaging, you're, you're talking directly to me anyway, so... And nobody should feel like they, uh, that this dad should feel like they can't get involved with it. And if you're, you know, if you're a mom that um, is trying to get your husband involved, uh, I will put this one disclaimer in, uh, even though you might be excited about it, they might not be excited about it. And that's okay. (laughs) Until they come in. Yeah. Well, I get, I get moms a lot. They're like, oh yeah, you're that dad that runs that group. Like when I go to Crossroads and I'm like, yeah, they're like, do you have a card for your thing? I'm like, yeah, I've got a card and I give them a card and I'm like, I just let you know, like, it's okay. I don't take it personally. If you're if your spouse doesn't like join the group just because like they might not need or feel like they need to get connected the way that you feel they need to get connected yeah obviously there's something there though that she wants him to you know maybe check it out so true so tell us last question what do you love about living in columbia township shameless plug for us oh hey no that's okay i i talk a lot about how much i love columbia township with everybody i run into i love the fact that it's close to the bike trail um, because i love to bike Uh, i love that it's close to um, just all the different like fun breweries in the area and it's just a great walking area and it's close to parks and the community itself like i grew up in a smaller town in northern indiana and to me like it has a lot of that feel even though it's inside of you know 
the big, Cincinnati area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always tell everybody too, I'm like, Cincinnati is like the biggest little city you'll ever meet. Like it has all the personality of a big city, but it has a small town feel to it. And that's why my wife and I basically decided to just like stake a claim and stay here. And we've loved it ever since. So yeah, Columbia Township, like we get asked all the time, like, oh, are you going to sell your house? And that kind of thing. We're like, no, because we like it too much to move. Like, I don't think I could find what we have here anywhere else in the city. Now, not to say anything negative about any other ports of the city or anything, but I really, really love everything that's been going on and to watch it over the past decade or so of mm-hmm. being here. It's amazing to see all the different transitions that have taken place. Thank you. A reminder to find out all the great things happening in Columbia Township, just go to the website, ColumbiaTWP.org. And to hear previous podcasts in this series, go to your favorite podcast provider. Pretty simple. Search the words Columbia Township. We've got more ahead. Great things are happening in Columbia Township. And great things are happening in Columbia Township. With us again today, Township Administrator Melissa Taylor, Dave Kabicki, the trustee president, and trustee Brian Lamar not with us today. He is on special work assignment. Dave, we got a special guest in segment two. Yes, we do. Uh, in the first half, we listened to uh, Brock Lush about Cincinnati Dads Group, and I'm sure some of them uh, celebrate birthdays and things, and we'll segue into <laughs> um, uh, kids and Claire Mongenis, who started uh, a, a new entrepreneurial endeavor in making Claire's Claire's Cakery, which makes uh, cupcakes and pastries and things. And she was originally the head pastry chef from Orchids, and she brought those skills into a new endeavor, uh, Claire's Cakery, that does custom cakes for just about anything. So, Claire, tell us a little bit about it. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Um, So, like you said, I started Claire's Cakery, which is a home bakery, a licensed home bakery. Um, I operate out of my home in Columbia Township, and I create desserts for absolutely any occasion you can come up with, Um, whether it's a Tuesday where you just want cake or your wedding, a graduation, birthday party. Um, I've got you covered with all desserts. I've seen what you make. I wouldn't call them desserts. I would call them masterpieces. <laughs> well, They're thank amazing. You. Thank you. I love that I can be creative every single day. Um, every dessert is a little bit different, so I don't have to feel like anything's too repetitive. Everything is customized to what anybody would like, um, whether they have an exact picture they want me to recreate or a theme or a color scheme that they're going for for their event. So every dessert is truly customized to everybody's order. So if I'm a big Bengals fan, it's my birthday, and somebody calls you up and says, you know, for my dad or whatever, I want to create a really unique Bengals-themed cake, you can do that. Absolutely, absolutely. I can do anything in those color schemes, add those tiger stripes, favorite player. Yeah. That's the custom part. That's the custom part. And then tell us, I mean, the size, in terms of the size of, what's a typical 
I mean, what's your, the the range of pricing when somebody when do they call you when should they call you when should they not yeah absolutely i um operate pretty quickly so i can take orders within seven days of when you need it it's always first come first serve um all of my prices and everything are on my website at clairescakery.com um and the average orders that i'm seeing are birthday cakes that feed about 20 to 24 that would be about an eight inch cake um i have my base prices listed on my website so that would be about eighty dollars and it would increase depending on how intricate those designs can get. Um, so I always ask how many people you're hoping to feed with your desserts, if you have a budget that you would like to stick in, um, and then I completely customize a design for you. We talk about what you would like, and then I make sure that it's exactly what you'd like for your big day. You do, you do very custom cookies, wedding cakes that have tiers that go almost yes. to the ceiling <laughs> and cupcakes that are themed and everything in between. So you went to culinary school. I did. Yeah. I went to Cincinnati State. I graduated in 2018. So I did the pastry program over there with a minor in culinary. Um, I specialized in some business classes as well to help me with this lovely endeavor. Um, and I had a great time. It's a fantastic program. You learn so much. Um, in order to graduate, you have to co-op, which means you have to get um, real life experience in your field. Um, so I started in a small bakery and then I co-opted over at Orchids downtown and then that flourished into a career there for about five years. And then COVID happened and you know you reevaluate some things and I decided to make that shift to running my business from home. Well, Orchids to me sounds really intimidating. So I, it's I was fancy. A, I was a hobby cake maker uh and it is when they say a labor of love it is more labor yes. uh, than love i will tell believe you believe me melissa takes everything very seriously <laughs> the perfectionist extraordinaire uh, when you're working with fondant you know that draping icing oh, that everyone yes. loves you have to be perfect so i gave that up it ate up every single weekend but uh, enough about me um tell us about what it is like to be in what would seem like a really high stakes environment like orchids and then the high stakes gig of owning your own business and counting on customers coming in the door paying you that whole business side yeah of it. tell us about both because they're so i'm sure there's similarities and i'm sure there's very big differences yes yes so while i was at orchids um what was great about that is I got to touch every single aspect of desserts there because they have room service, chocolate-covered strawberries. They have plated desserts at the restaurant. So I got to create the menus for that. Um, I did all of the wedding cakes there if they decided to order through us. So I got to touch absolutely every aspect of dessert, which was so much fun. And I figured out what worked best for me and what I enjoyed doing. Um, I didn't have to do the business side of it necessarily. Um, so I wasn't you know, giving people quotes on certain things. Um, but I could still customize desserts to however they would like. Um, and then when I started Claire's Cakery, I focused more on the business side of it, obviously, so I could start um, start everything up and, you know, you have to cost everything out and make sure that you're, you know, doing it properly and all that good stuff. So the shift there was I could specialize in the desserts that I really enjoyed doing and focus more on those. And it kind of, at the beginning, was a nice kind of break from the high stakes four-star, five-diamond desserts that you would do downtown and specialize more in the whimsical side of desserts. That's a great word. Yeah. Um, so now that's something I specialize in. And I, I don't necessarily work 100% with fondant anymore like I did at Orchids. I work mostly with buttercream for cakes and everything. Um, I find you can do the exact same stuff mm -hmm. and it tastes a little better. Um, 
which is great. Um, so I got to specialize in exactly what I want to do with my business and grow that. Um, and like I said, I love that every day is creative. I get to do everything that I want with my hands. I am, you know, still sitting at my desk doing emails and stuff, but every day is different. So, so uh, somebody calls you up with any idea, your your mind clicks mm-hmm. and you just say, all right, I can like, if even if we came up with a dad's don't babysit, it's called parenting <laughs> theme for Brock or Dungeons and Dragons would probably be a little easier, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So what I would do is come up with a few different designs, talk with that person on, you know, what designs they would like, what they don't like. And sometimes I'll sketch up some designs that way they can kind of visualize it and see what they're looking at. That way they can anticipate what they're about to get. And what's what's uh, I mean, give us an example of a kind of a unique or strange request that you've had to make a cake that you, you know you, you you pulled your mind out and thought all right I got an idea here's yeah what yeah um, well let's see um, I did a wedding once where it was an Indian wedding and they it was a three day celebration yes. a three day celebration very colorful absolutely beautiful everything was colorful bejeweled gold and all that good stuff and. The bride was absolutely wonderful. She came up to me and said, hey, this is what we're going for. These are the colors I want to do. I trust your judgment entirely. Um, So I sketched up something that represented the altar where their cake was being placed. It had these beautiful gold chandeliers, um, really beautiful drapery and all that good stuff. And I created a cake that fit beautifully in that space. It was five tiers, entirely gold. It kind of looked like a champagne toast. Um, it had bubbles all over it and drapery. And um, it turned out so beautifully. And when you look at the pictures, you're like, it fits perfectly in that space. But when you're creating, you're like, oh, I hope this works. I hope it fits. I hope it works. Um, and it totally turned out. So some of my requests are like that. And some are, I want this exact cake. And we got you covered. It sounds like you step up however anyone needs. Exactly. And so I've seen some of your creations in Madison Place Coffee. Yes, yes. Do you I make cookies and stuff for them every week? Are you going to continue to put your creations in other storefronts, or do you eventually is the next thing on the list having your own storefront, or does that put you? I've heard a lot of people who graduate from the passion mm-hmm. to the full time storefront business. They get so pulled into the business side of it, mm-hmm. they no longer can afford the time to do the passion side of it, and it changes for them. Exactly. So what's on your what's on what's in your future? Yeah. Well, I love that I get to work with Madison Place. They're absolutely fantastic. Um, So I like that I'm able to do that. I would like to spread out to other places as well. And then the goal for me is one day a brick and mortar store. Um, Someday in the future, of course. Um, But what's great is I have a passion for teaching as well. Um, I teach classes on the side also. It's part of something that I do. So the fact that one day I could have a brick and mortar store and teach all of the future employees that I have how to harvest this passion for desserts and create something themselves is something I'm really passionate about. Um, So one day being able to, you know, lead a team of passionate bakers and take over the business side of it as well, still do those tastings, still talk with customers and all that good stuff is something I look forward to. Well, the fact that you passed the audition with Melissa and Lauren Allison, who's also in the studio here for our St. Patrick's Day parade, <laughs> our St. Patrick's Day party uh, with your your Irish cream cakes, cupcakes, yes. uh, says, a you. says a lot. Says a lot because Melissa's the ultimate perfectionist. So tell us how everybody gets a hold of you and when they ring your, your phone. Where how do they track you down? Yes, so I am on Facebook and Instagram at Claire's Cakery. Um, that's where you'll find my most recent portfolio of desserts. I post pretty 
pretty regularly. You can either contact me through there or through my website, um, which is www.clairs-cakery.com. Um, like I said, it has all of my prices. It has an entire menu of dessert options, um, and it also has my email connected through there, um, clairs-cakery-cincinnati at gmail.com. Um, so go ahead and reach out to me, place your custom orders, and we'll chat. And the last question, our shameless plug, is aside from the people that are sitting in this room, <laughs> what do you love about Columbia Township? Yes, we love living in the area. My husband and I um, purchased a house about three years ago in the area, but I was born and raised in this area. Um, my parents live two blocks away. My brother and his kids live three blocks away. Um, the community is really what it's all about. Um, we live on a corner lot, and everybody knows our dogs. Um, we walk by and we make friends, and it's, it's a fantastic community and we can't wait to raise kids here. That's awesome. And when, when you guys decide to have kids, Brock, I know Brock, I'm ready for you. Brock won't be looking for, you. for you. You'll be looking for her husband. Yeah. Exactly. I, I feel yes. like listening to her, my dad bod just got bigger. There you go. There you go. And you, by the way, you could network through his daddy's, uh, the dad's club here. Exactly. Yeah, so, yes, say dad's club. We got plenty we'll of guys that are looking for, card. yeah, if, exactly. If you guys do any deals, then we get some cut out of it. There's a portion. Free, free cookies at our next party or something. So thank you both for coming. Yes, thank yeah, you for definitely. having thank us. You. Reminder for all the great things happening in Columbia Township, go to the website, ColumbiaTWP.org. Go to your favorite podcast provider to hear all of the previous podcasts in this series. We thank you for joining us. We'll be back in May with more Great Things Are Happening in Columbia Township. i